Undoubtedly, you've heard the saying, talk the talk and walk the walk. Of course, it begs a question, what kind of talk and what kind of walk? Welcome to In the Bullpen with Mark Dewey, sponsored by Developing Contenders Ministries. You're listening to the Fight Laugh Feast Network. Thank you for joining us. And look who's coming up. High fly ball into right field. She is gone! Every Monday when I drop a new episode of In the Bullpen, I could say the same thing. This past week in baseball has been filled with action. This past week was obviously no exception. On the pitching side of things, first and foremost, Framber Valdez of the Astros threw a no-hitter against Cleveland. Probably the most exciting thing that happened in the past week. On other pitching news, on Thursday, Max Scherzer made his debut with the Texas Rangers. He gave up three runs in the first inning, and basically it was the result of some command issues on his part and a lot of soft base hits. But then he went on to put up five zeros after that, pitching very well and picking up the win. On Saturday, Justin Verlander made his 2023 debut with the Houston Astros, pitching in New York against the Yankees. And Verlander pitched very well, but picked up the loss. Also, a team, if you've not been paying attention, you might want to keep your eyes on, is the Chicago Cubs. They are playing exceptionally well. They took two out of three over the weekend against the Braves, and they are currently only a game and a half back of the Milwaukee Brewers in the NL Central. We could go into those things more deeply. We could discuss a lot of things, but this week I want to talk about talk and walk. I want to talk about choices and actions, character and respect. In the last couple of episodes, I've addressed some things regarding catchers and catching that I find puzzling the one-knee-down approach when there are men on base or two strikes on the batter, the pulling of pitches, and I was really surprised in watching what percentage uh, were actually called strikes. I'm going to say maybe, I don't know, 10%, one out of 10 pitches that appeared to be balls that were called strikes by the catchers pulling those pitches. Last Monday, only a few hours after I dropped the episode of In the Bullpen, I was involved in a great conversation with two former Major League catchers. Both men played about 8 to 10 years in the major leagues. Uh, The career of one man ended around 1990, the other around the year 2000. And it was a great conversation. I basically sat there and listened and laughed. But it was a very informative conversation, interesting conversation, and enjoyable conversation. I wish I had, uh, had recorded it and I could play part of it for you. And both of these men expressed some thoughts about some of the things that I've spoken about in the last couple of weeks in the bullpen. But the overwhelming majority of the discussion, and the thing that both of them talked about more than anything else, was the expectations of catchers when they played, and in particular, as it regards, you do not allow a ball to get past you. The one man said that his right hand is still a mess and has a lot of pain because of how many balls he blocked with his bare hand because he couldn't get his glove hand over there. The other one told a great story When he was a rookie, in the same game, two balls got past him. 
And he said, I was halfway down the tunnel begging the manager not to send me back to AAA. And these guys were laughing, and I was laughing with them as they were recalling what it was like when they came in and really their whole career as catchers. Now, I only wish all conversations could be as valuable and enjoyable as that one, but that is definitely not the case. And in particular, so-called conversations on the internet, really debates, and they continue to heat up. And in many cases, there is a lot of heat, but very little light. And I think, and of course, you're going to say, of course you would, but I think there is far more light that accompanies the heat from a group of people that apparently are now labeled as old heads. And this label comes from those who I will label as young guns. And I try to use that label to be accurate and not so pejorative because it seems that these young guns come with their hand on the trigger or their guns ablazing when they enter into these debates. And some of these young guns make Rehoboam look like he was the epitome of honoring the gray-headed. These guys do not show respect and honor, at least on the internet, to the quote-unquote old heads. Even by using that term, I think it is showing a lack of respect and honor. As I told some 13- and 14-year-old baseball players this summer, ignorance and arrogance is a very bad combination. Now, to set the table for what I want to discuss, I want to play a small portion of an audio clip that I played a longer portion of a couple of weeks ago. And here it is. Because you get a lot of guys, you laugh, but they're in the bench, like, talking all kind of noise and screaming, then they they go out there and they they don't do nothing. So that was Fred McGriff. That was an interview that he did on the Saturday before the induction ceremony, which was on Sunday. And he says, there's a lot of guys, and he talks about on the bench, I would add on the internet, and in many other places. But there are a lot of guys talking all kind of noise. And this man, Fred McGriff, recently inducted into the Hall of Fame, says, you laugh. Well, he may be laughing, and others may be laughing, but there are many people who are not laughing, at least as it regards these internet debates. I personally find it hard to laugh. And it's not because... These young guns disagree with the old heads. Old heads, by the way, who played this game at the highest level, sometimes from multiple years or decades. Some of them, after playing for multiple years or decades, have gone on to manage or coach or cover the game for multiple decades. And what I'm seeing is a complete lack of respect and humility in addressing these men, in disagreeing what these men with what these men are saying. Now, if some of these old heads and some of these young guns were to get together at the same ballpark at the same time, this very well could happen. Now Hosey and Anderson square off. They're fighting. They're swinging. Down goes Anderson. Down goes Anderson. What a great call by Tom Hamilton. I'm assuming you're familiar with what happened because it's been all over the place the last couple of days. There was a fight between Tim Anderson of the White Sox and Jose Ramirez of the Cleveland, I almost said Indians, the Guardians. Ramirez hit a double, slid headfirst into second base. Tim Anderson kind of straddled over the base and Ramirez for a while. That caused some back and forth verbally, and very quickly, Tim Anderson dropped his glove and assumed the position of a boxer. Very soon after that, 
Jose Ramirez registered the TKO. But, but Tom Hamilton's call was phenomenal. Lance Wheeler, who's been a guest on this program, wrote this about that fight. Don't be the guy that starts the fight and gets knocked out. Now, I know Lance fairly well, and I'm going to say this. He wrote those words not only to or about Tim Anderson, not only to or about baseball, but generally. And whether we're talking about internet squabbles or what so often is on display on a baseball field in baseball games from the major league level to the little league level, I see the fundamental problem is a lack of respect and a lack of humility. Let me give you a very recent example from the internet. I think this took place on Saturday. It was definitely in the last few days. Clint Hurdle was somewhere watching a showcase or a tournament of some sort, amateur level tournament, and he tweeted out this. Okay, I've read enough for today. We've got radar, guns, track man, driveline, K-Vest, Rapsodo, video, stopwatch, etc. None of these can measure guts and nuts. Those are difference makers. Okay, I read that. Seems very simple and straightforward to me, not controversially at all. He says, okay, we've got all of these tools that can track certain things, that can give us what's taking place outside of the player, exit velocity, pitching velocity, running times, whatever it might be. But these things can't measure what's inside. They can't measure the intestinal fortitude of the people who are doing these things. And the intestinal fortitude are the difference or is the difference maker, according to Clint. Again, simple, clear, I would say very non-controversial. And many people were like, amen, brother, giving it the hundreds and liking it and all of those things. But of course, some people didn't like it. And I don't understand. Again, it seems pretty non-controversial. But I'll give three responses that I read. First, this one. Man. I look on the computer, and Clint Hurdle, who I've never met, is taking a dump on my company. Now again, I read the tweet by Clint, and I'm thinking, how do you draw that conclusion? A second one. Imagine your manager taking a hardline stance against tools and companies that help players and teams improve. Again, that's a non-sequitur. I don't see Clint Hurdle doing that even in the least. And then this might top, the ones that I read at least, might top them all. I wonder if his anger at these tools, again, anger, what? I wonder if his anger at these tools is because he's not smart enough to understand them. I've learned in my time that this is the main reason for petulance like this. Considering his misspell, I'm going to chalk it up to this explanation. So, all of a sudden, he's taking dumps on companies, he's taking a hardline stance against tools and companies, and he's a moron. How does anybody get that out of his tweet? Now, full disclosure, Clint Hurdle was my manager in AAA when I was with the Mets. I consider him a friend. He has been a guest on this this podcast of In the Bullpen. But I'm wondering about all of these and and thinking especially about the last one. I don't know if if this man who wrote 
that he's not smart enough to understand them understands Clint Hurdle and his background. When he came out of high school, he had three significant choices in front of him. He was a first-round draft pick of the Kansas City Royals, and he had the ability to sign a professional contract. Of course, that's what he is that he did, and he has been in the game professionally for almost 50 years, and most of those at the major league level. A second option he had was to go play quarterback as a Division I football player and play baseball, and if my memory serves me correctly, it would have been at the University of Miami. The third major option before him was to go to Harvard. Again, I don't get it from what he wrote, and I don't get why all of a sudden you attack that he's not smart enough to understand them. He's been working with them since they've been around the game. He was a major league manager. He understands these things perfectly well. Now, of course, Clint has handled this with class, which means with humility and respect. But these guys, and I'm sure there were more, I wasn't going to continue to read them, they responded, and and they are surely very quick to jump to conclusions, and it appears they're easily offended. If you don't buy in, and again, Clint wasn't arguing against any of these things. He was saying more than this is needed. I don't know that anything should be more obvious to anybody that knows the game of baseball. But it is what it is. So there's an example from the internet world. We have all sorts of examples from what takes place on the field. And again, what takes place among 10 to 12-year-olds, as well as big leaguers. Things like putting your make-believe sword in your make-believe scabbard after you struck out a batter. Bat flips. Dancing around the bases. Whatever it is, whether it's pitchers or position players, it fundamentally boils down to, look at me, look at me, look at me. This is all about me. There's a saying, and I'm, I'm assuming it's still used, but it's been around for a long time, that says, I went to watch a fight and a hockey game broke out because historically hockey had a lot of fighting. Well, maybe we should start a new statement as it regards baseball. I went to watch a showcase event and a baseball game broke out. I think those old heads, and again, I probably fit in that category, so us old heads should push, push to get this played before every baseball game, at every level. And also during the seventh inning stretch, or if it's an amateur game and they don't play nine innings, during the fifth inning, whatever it might be. But I think we ought to work really, really hard to get this played before every game and in the middle of every game at every level. Don't ever think that this game is about you. So I quoted or had an audio clip from Fred McGriff, Hall of Famer, and now from Hall of Famer Robin Yount. A lack of respect and humility, and we're seeing this in spades in baseball, stems from thinking this game, or even this world, is about me. Me, myself, and I. It's my showcase, and you should be grateful I'm letting you play in the game where I display my phenomenal abilities. So two audio clips from two Hall of Famers. But we could go outside of the game of baseball, and we could go way back to somebody that I guess would have to be considered a very old head, and we could learn the same lesson. Recently, we began our bookwork portion of our homeschooling back up, and we've started out by listening to lectures uh, from Hillsdale College and reading Aristotle's Ethics. 
So we have been hearing and reading a lot about choices, actions, character, happiness, courage, the good life. And Aristotle and President Arm from Hillsdale have a lot to say that would be very supportive of the old heads. And I submit to you that Aristotle would even, if he were alive today, he would even say this. Don't ever think that this game is about you. Now, if you've been listening to In the Bullpen for any length of time, you know a couple of things. You know that I'm not a fan of the pitch clock, of the limited picks or disengagements from the rubber. I'm not a fan of the poor base running, a lack of of baseball knowledge of knowing the game, and many other things we see in the game today. I do recognize that these things have resulted in some things considered good, like the pitch clock speeding up the pace of play, but I'm not either a pragmatist nor a utilitarian. But while I believe that such things may be a distraction from the beauty of the game, while I believe that they're potentially detrimental to the good of the game, I don't believe they're going to destroy the game. I don't believe these things will prove to be the demise of such a great game. Another thing you know, if you've been listening for any length of time, is that I'm not going to base my final appeal or build my case on old heads in the game of baseball or even Aristotle, but on the Word of God. And so the reason I am so against what I see, or to put it differently, why I'm so concerned about a lack of respect and humility in the game, is because it is contrary to the Word of God. Even those of you who do not know the Word of God very well likely know this. The two great commandments are to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Love. And Paul in 1 Corinthians 13, among other things, tells us love is patient, love is kind, and is not jealous. Love does not brag and is not arrogant. It does not act unbecomingly. It does not seek its own. A lack of love leads to a lack of humility and respect. A lack of love leads to being arrogant, being a bragger, acting unbecomingly, seeking my own, my way. But of course, this asks or begs the question, what is it to act unbecomingly? Well, again... From my perspective, and the perspective of anybody who believes that there is an objective, unchanging standard, and that is found in God's Word, we go to God's Word. In Proverbs 25, 27, it says, It is not good to eat much honey, nor is it glory to search out for one's own glory. In contrast, a couple of chapters later, in Proverbs 27, 2, we are told, Let another praise you, and not your own mouth a stranger, and not your own lips. In Luke 14, Jesus tells the parable of the guests invited to a wedding feast. And he says they're seeking out the places of honor at the table. And then in Luke 14, verse 11, he says, For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. A great text, maybe the greatest. Philippians 2, verse 3 in the context of Paul exhorting Christians to have the mind of Christ or the attitude of Christ. Do nothing from selfishness 
or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. Humility, respect, honor. So the fundamental reason that I'm concerned about the lack of humility and respect, the fundamental reason that I believe it's bad for the game, isn't fundamentally because it was different when I played or in the generation before me. It's not about this is the way it was. It's rather about this is the way it ought to be. Now, I need to be very clear because it appears that if you're not, or sometimes even if you are, people take it in all kinds of directions. I am not saying that every player does this. As a matter of fact, I would say it's not even the majority of players. I'm not saying you see these kinds of things, a lack of respect, a lack of humility, me, 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 I, 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 look at me, in every game. I'm not saying that at all. However, I will argue, and I think that the evidence is there, that we are seeing it from far more players, percentage-wise, and in far more games, again, percentage-wise, than we would have seen in the past, in my generation, or in the generation before. So we should ask, well, why? If that's true, and I think, again, it's demonstrably so, why? Well, it's because we have in the culture, and in the game of baseball, a far greater lack of humility and respect. Well, why do we have a far greater lack of humility and respect? Well, because we have a lack of knowing and living according to the Word of God and for the glory of God. Look at me, look at me, look at me is in direct contrast to look at Jesus. Now, I recognize again that in the past... Not the, I'm going to say not the majority and even a small minority of people that played the game were Christians, or at least were doing so intentionally living according to the Word of God for the glory of God. I don't know if there were more back then than today or not, but here's the difference. The expectations, the understanding of how things ought to be done back then among the old heads were in line with scripture, even if it wasn't the intention of the people to obey the word of God for the glory of God. And I'll also say this, though I'm not laughing about the way things are, I do have some reasons to hope they will improve. First and foremost, because as a friend of mine says, Jesus changes everything. But also it's important for us to keep this in mind. What we're seeing both on and off the field in the game of baseball is fruit. The fruit which comes because of the root. And the root is parents and coaches not teaching respect and humility, responsibility, accountability, and not having consequences when those things are absent. But I saw a video clip this past week. And it was a clip of a meeting that took place last month. And it was a meeting that was led by the Director of Player Development as he spoke to the new 2023 draftees of this organization. And the organization was the Philadelphia Phillies. The clip was length, lengthier than what I'm about to play for you, but here was a portion of it. Number one, respect. Rob Thompson talked about it. Number two, how we prepare, how we play, and how we compete. None of those four things take any talent at all. So that was a meeting with the Phillies' director of player development and the incoming players that were just drafted. You heard what he said. Number one, respect. 
And then he said Rob Thompson talked about it. Of course, Rob Thompson being the big league manager for the Phillies. He followed that up with number two, how we prepare, play, and compete. Now, that may involve a lot, but given what he was saying, I would say it definitely is nothing less than to prepare, play, and compete with respect. And then something he said that is very key. To have respect, to prepare, play, and compete with respect, and I'm sure there were other things accompanying that, takes no talent at all. Now, the person leading that meeting the person who is the director of player development for the Philadelphia Phillies, is Preston Mattingly. And of course, you're saying, well, that's an interesting last name. Well, this is Don Mattingly's son. And given what I saw in the video, and again, it was much longer than that clip that I played, given who his father is, I believe it's safe to say that Preston Mattingly and hopefully the Philadelphia Phillies are completely on board with this message. Don't ever think that this game is about you. When I think this game is about me, when I lack humility and respect, there is one thing I guarantee is not lacking in me, pride. Again, going back to scripture, back to the book of Proverbs, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before stumbling. And it's important to know that that text and others like it isn't only about individuals. And it is pride that has the very real potential of destroying our game. But that's a conversation for another day. Join us next time for In the Bullpen on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. Thank you for listening.